Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back at EPR. It's a Thursday night, and it is the golden hour after the summer solstice. It's great to see you, Danny. Cheers. Great to be seen, Johnny. It is a uh, you say hello, I say an Irish goodbye, because this is the last episode that we will be recording before... uh, I depart this continent for uh, greener shores, although North Carolina's looking nice and green as well. Uh, can't wait to play Montreal on Saturday, get three more points, and then uh, head off on a little European vacation. Can't wait. You're double fisting. I'm double fisting. I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking Old Met Copper, copper and uh, Tullamore Dew whiskey, baby. We had to, we're, we're drinking Irish whiskey. You got the Guinness. Uh, we're at EPR for the first time in a long time. We, between travel and uh, road matches and international breaks and everything, this is the first time we've been to EPR in a while. The music is nice. You know what would be nice? We're on the patio. First time, long time, you mentioned. It's been a long time since Charlotte FC has gotten three points at the Keep. Sheesh. It's been over a month. It's been way too damn long, man. Uh, Seattle was a nice draw. We earned a nice draw for the home game against Seattle. Uh, we've been on a break. We were on a long road trip before that, so I think our last three we lost to Nashville in the game, the first game I ever missed. I think our last three points at home was, I think, it's May seventeenth, I believe, is May, the date. May seventeenth. Yes. That's over a month ago. You just said that. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I just the num- this number yeah. the the season is starting to find its rhythm. And the numbers are riding the wave, are, are starting to become apparent, right? I think yeah. what Danny and I have done on the show for, you know, really the first half of the season, we have ta- taken a cautious approach. We saw how poor the start was, and okay, there was a bounce back, and we mentioned the table really didn't mean anything, and because you didn't know exactly what this club could be. The, the summer transfer window is here, and Charlotte FC has a new player, Scott Arfield, who, by the way, was announced officially by the club today, which is huge. But even that kind of signals the fact that this team, Danny, is kind of almost the full sum of its parts. There's only a few weeks left to add to this roster. So you start to kind of not see the light at the end of the tunnel but what you see is what you get almost sometimes with this squad and is it good enough is the question well what we see is what we get but what we see is not what we've got because there are got to be more signings there's got to be more signings more signings signings are coming he wants three uh we you know uh we talked on our last episode we did the last episode we did was a live stream on youtube right and uh I said that I'm not sure if Arfield is one of the three. I thought Arfield might be like a bonus Jonas type of signing. He's like the cousin of the three Jonas brothers that hopefully will be uh, showing up here. Uh, I feel like that. I I, I don't know. I feel like that's something that you would regret saying. But I was told that I was wrong. The commenters, the TIFOs told me I was wrong in the comments on that. They said Arfield is 100% one of the three that Laddie was thinking of in his mind when he said that. And that Arfield is going to be a big contributor. I, I... with the emergence of Ben Bender after that brace uh, last night in the draw, which we we have to talk about as well, the, the quote-unquote the bad draw. After a good draw against Seattle, we had a bad draw against Red Bulls. I'm not sure. What do you mean the emergence how, of uh, Ben Bender? Well, he had a brace last night. He started against uh, Seattle and had a really nice game. He's back. He's healthy. Yeah, he's contributing yeah, he, to this squad in a way a sub, yeah. that he, in some cases, was not. He's newly married. You know, yes. he's taken a huge step in his personal life. Yes. Uh, yeah, made, made a lifetime commitment to his college sweetheart as yes. the gold line drives by. We think about the golden rings that those two must have exchanged. I, uh, I would be at a recent ceremony. You know, consi- congratulations, congratulations to Ben Bender. I would be curious though, and uh, what Ben Bender thinks of same-sex marriage. That would be a serious question that I would ask Ben. Um, but I'm, I'm still very happy for him and what he, what he did. I mean, marriage during this international you know, break. Ma- yes. Marriage is what we uh, if we're if we're to go by the uh, the refusal to wear the pride top, it'd be an interesting discussion, Ben. You're, we'd love to have you come on and talk about it anytime. You would bring bring uh, your mom, Mindy. She's a fan of the show. We'd love to yes. talk about you guys uh, about it with you guys in a very uh, elevated way for sure. It wouldn't be any type of attacking type of thing, but. Uh, uh, that all that being sort of uh, along 
with the action on the field, let me just say that Scott Arfield is coming into uh, he's kind of seen in the Ben Bender role is what I would try to what I would say. And then I disagree. I just I disagree. I mean, he's an attacking midfielder. Oh, he's uh, not not there's there's too many roadblocks for him. He's 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 going to play Brent Bronico's position. You really think so? Yes. That's the only place for him to play. I think he's capable of it, but it's not his like number one thing. I think he's who comes off the field. You, you're going to take Bender off the field after a brace? No, that's the whole point I've been saying is that I think our field almost be, that's why I'm wondering if he's more of a depth piece than a, than a, a starter signing. I, 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 Interesting. So now now you're defending your point against the people that think that this is one of the three. And now you're getting somewhere well, in the fact that, yes, Arfield, you can bring him on as a signing, but when you talk about Carol Swiderski, when you talk about Ben Bender, when you talk about Ashley Westwood, right. where is there room for a new signing in an attacking midfield role? Depth. Uh, Depth. So rotation. You, so, so you're making your point. Years old. Yeah, you're making yeah, your point. Yeah. I'm, I, you're making your point, and it's a good one. Is that he's not a walk-in starter to a starting eleven of a team that's fighting to make the playoffs that he's not played with and has no chemistry with. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's, yes. He's a, he's going to be great for us in September, but this is not a guy that's like some instant impact. Uh, you know, I said the thing. I said the same thing about Justin Mir. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I do want to. While we're talking about our field here, I got to play. I got to play the Scott Arfield song. La 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 Scott Arfield. La 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 Scott Arfield. Scott Arfield. You gotta have that pause. The pause okay. is important, but yeah. That's from a Rangers fan who tweeted us earlier today and said, uh, hey, if you're looking for an Arfield song, this is the Arfield song. <laughs> He, he must he must have YouTube. scored a uh, impactful goal. Yeah, yeah. A few minutes if, before that if, video was if taken. If you need to see uh, what we're talking about, go on YouTube and just Google Scott Arfield song, whatever. Uh, you'll see a great video of just a bunch of drunk asses and you'll like, hear it dancing around a, a Scottish pub, singing la 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 la. la. Pause. Scott Arfield. There is no pause between Scott Arfield and la 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 la. Right, no, you just keep going. You pause after the la la After all the laws, you wait for a second, consider your options, and then say, Scott Arfield. Yeah, Welcome, Scott. We're happy to have you. Welcome to the crowd. Like, this is a playoff campaign. Like, we're going to go win MLS Cup, and, like, these signings we bring in, these are the reinforcements, like, that become part of the character and the fabric of this club. Like, we don't know exactly how Scott Arfield's going to fit in right now, but, like, I trust he will fit in. You think he's going to be more of a Bronico substitute? I think he's going to be more of a Bender substitute? No, I don't he think he's going to be a Bronico substitute. I think well, he could start instead <laughs> of Brant Bronico. Well, that gets us into the, the real discussion I think we need yes. to get into. So so we're going to get into that discussion. I want to tease this, uh, this fun show that Danny Bramps put together today, which is, obviously, we're going to ask the question, is it a good road point? Against New Jersey, <laughs> or a massive lost lost opportunity. We're gonna answer that question, and we're gonna answer some Tifos questions. We got a, we got some in that we want to address. Brant Bronico, I know you've got some thoughts about him and his performances. We're gonna get into that. Guzman Carujo is his first start of the season. Uh, Camille Uzviak, Erwin Vargas, Justin Miram. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of congestion. Yeah. On the at the wing position, yeah. and um, it's a big show. So, did, did you want to, uh, you know, talk Let's about right in. Uh, Let's Bronny Bro? Right or do you... Bronny Bro? Yes, I mean, uh, because yes. you you question we question whether Scott Arfield's going to eventually end up, and that's ultimately going to be decided by Laddie. Uh, training will be, be a big factor of that, but if he is going to be someone who's going to be spelling Bronny Bro, because Bronny is not a pure six in this system, like. He plays a double pivot with Jones, but he's also been in that eight role, which we would see Scott Arfield in terms of like, Bron Bronny has pushed the attack at times this season, and even more last season, I thought. He's been a bit of a Swiss Army knife this year. You know, the, he famously was asked to play left back for a game. Um, he famously, in the in the Seattle game, we had sort of the makeshift five man, five, five plus two, or three plus two man back line where 
Brawny and Jones were sort of ha both half of a center back, if you will. <laughs> so that was like he, he's played DM, he's played all these weird roles. And Brawny, Brawny's done. He's a he's a servant of the club. He's done what's been asked of him. He's a grinder. He's the goes the full ninety. He uh, wants kids to have fresh, clean beds through his charity. You know, he, he's like what? He's the mayor. He's the Charlotte all the way. He's one of our own. What more? Nothing more needs to be said about Brawny, but I give all these caveats because I feel like I have to in advance of the fact that I need to say Derrick Jones is back next game. The numbers don't lie in terms of like what we do with and without Derrick Jones in the lineup. Check out Crown Breakdown if you need to see that. Um, what I want to say to Brant, what I would tell him if he was sitting right across me right now is, bro, there's no shame in taking a day off sometimes. And when you've been grinded, when the grind set has been going full 90 after full 90 after full 90 for a year and a half, and you're coming off what was probably two of your poor games in a row where we're just not seeing the same Brant Bronico that we need to see, how about you take a day off, watch from the bench, figure something out. I, I talked to Jess Charman about this, uh, and, and she had a great insight, which was as a player, when you watch from the bench, what you're seeing is a way that you don't do it. You're seeing a way that you need to, like, you're saying, okay, so this person who I was dropped for, who the coach has decided to put in ahead of me, is doing things differently than me. What do I need to watch from this person that is not part of my game that could become part of my game? And, like, it just makes you, like, there's ways to grow as a player from the bench, and so, like, I just really think it's time to, like, sit Brant for a game. I know this guy is, like, Mr. Full 90. I know it pains me to say he's the mascot of the club in many ways. I would not be shocked to find out he's been inside the Cerminti costume all along because it's just <laughs> that much of a dedicated yeah. grind setter. Yeah. But, like, uh, I, I just really feel strongly that, like, I would like to see Brant sit versus Montreal, get, get a Jones-Westwood-Bender midfield going, and, and see what happens. I think that can certainly happen on Saturday night at the Keep, which, by the way, Montreal is on a bit of a run. They've, they're they doing very, very well at home, Montreal is. Their home form is insane, which we face in four games. Setting MLS records yeah. with the home form. Yeah. They haven't given they've, – they've had a clean sheet at home, I think, in almost six straight matches. Yeah, it's insane. And they were good again, they were good again last night against a tough Nashville team. Nashville's not easy to beat, and Montreal kind of made them look bad at home in Montreal, so – so that's it's definitely an, uh, something that you have to consider, the fact that uh, someone that I praised on the show last season and I'll continue to praise is uh, Victor Wanyama, yeah. who is running the show for Montreal right now, and we talk about a presence in that central midfield. Derek Jones and Victor Wanyama, that's a heavyweight tilt yeah, they got on a, Saturday they, night. They, got a young, they have young playmakers, uh, Bryce Duke. Uh, scored a goal yeah. midweek. Bryce Duke scored on Joe Willis, who's one of the best goalkeepers in MLS uh, the other day. Um, they have uh, fast, fast wingers. You know, Montreal's a tough team, and I, yeah. I, I like our. We really need to get the three points against them here at the keep because we have to go face them in four games at Montreal, where their home form is insane. They're getting the double. The road. Yeah. This is the double. We need a double against Montreal, big time. But I don't um, think it happens. I just want to. I just want to put it well, out there to start. I, 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 I would take four points today. Well, here's the thing. I'll take four points today. Here's the real thing is as much as we say, okay, well, we'll get the three at home and then we'll hope to get one or three on the road. <laughs> we were looking at this earlier today, John, before the show. Yeah. The home form is actually Charlotte FC's problem this year potentially, right? I mean, this last That's a good point. to get points at home has that, been that, that's kind a of great, frustrating. That's a great point. Uh, Charlotte FC right now, and credit to the uh, Apple MLS Pass crew for sharing the statistic last night that – Charlotte FC has the second most goals scored on the road in MLS this season. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, wow. And that was before we got two more last night, right? No, that was after, oh, afterwards. Afterwards. So, afterwards, bad, afterwards. Still a while. Yes. I'm like, oh, the, these goals are like showing that this team has. By the way, there's, you know, it's like, it's when you look at last year's away form, when's the, fir when's the first time Charlotte FC won a match on the way? Houston, on the road, I think right. It was at Houston last I mean, year. In the middle of the season, yeah. It was like it was like our fourth or fifth try. If I go back and count, yeah. Well, even their second try. When was the second game? It was against New York City. New York City. Yeah, won. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah we lost a bunch more on the road after the Houston game. Yeah, yeah. After the win at Houston, we lost a bunch more on the road. I'm pretty sure if I think back. 
the road. We couldn't win at Colorado. Remember, we had the tor- terrible draw at yes. Columbus last year. The second win on the yeah. road, like the points on the road last season. Go back and look. I don't yeah. have them for you here because no, there's not a researcher right. for the show. And by the way, I've right. seen some people who have been critical of some of the recollection that we have on the show, <laughs> specifically of you. And I saw you apologize for it, and I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck is he apologizing for that? Like, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting here outside on the patio at Elizabeth Parlor Room. It's not like we have, like, this researcher providing us with a packet of stats. We're just, like, talking. That's and true. If and, you, and, and if you want, drinking. like... And, and, and yeah, 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 so, yeah, if, like, yeah. if, if you want me to write an article for you, like, I'll be happy to make sure that everything is correct, honest, and, and we have a good article for you that I'm, is journalistically sound. But if you're going to listen to this podcast... <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna hear some facts and figures, or you're gonna hear some recollection of events that may be a little bit off, and yeah. we have yeah. the creative freedom to create that here. The, the sloppy drunk history vibe on some of the recollections <laughs> is definitely a feature, not a bug of the show. But I will say, I welcome the correction. I welcome that just told me it was. I think it was one of our great tifos at NBA DFS who. Uh, uh, tweeted me, Rams, I can't remember we didn't beat Red Bulls last year from the previous ta- discussion. And uh, all I can say is, that just tells me you're listening closely to the show, and I appreciate <laughs> it. So thank you very much. And it created a discussion. It made me go back, and it made me go back and think about that, just the Sergio Ruiz masterclass, the, t- the 10 minutes where he just, like, was the best player in the history of MLS uh, against Red Bulls uh, in 2022 for 10 minutes. So we've talked about Red Bulls and the history that this club had has I've seen some Tifos talk about Red Bulls as potentially being this team's main rival. So I wanted to ask you this question that you posed. So I guess you're kind of asking yourself, uh, was it a good point on the road in, in New Jersey? Like, all right. So what, I, I want to get your take on this because you made the, the, the official show statement after the match. And it was, a, up and said something. you can see us there at for the crown baby on Twitter. You know, I when you when you sent that out, I said I'm good because I agree with it, and I want to hear you uh, give well, it more context here on the show. Well, yeah, I tried to. Uh, my post game reaction was meant to be sort of a measured take, sort of a less than a, you know, not lukewarm. Lukewarm always such a negative connotation, but I didn't want to come with a hot take necessarily because I think you mentioned the rhythm of the season sort of being a theme of of, of the through line of what we're talking about here tonight. The rhythm of the season for me in the early going has been very jagged and scattershot and up and down and, and that roller coaster we talked about and just I'm not enjoying that. I don't like that. You tweeted take the point on the road and an enjoyable midweek match is always a bonus. Laddie bad with second half quote adjustments end quote but won't get caught on the gaffer out roller coaster. You won't get caught on that. I, I don't blame you. I, I, I don't blame you. I saw some of that flying around last night I was just like hey sir this this isn't a Wendy's. <laughs> uh, you went on to say, uh, let's hope he keeps improving. That is Christian Latanzio. Nice Ben Bender brace, but Kalina man of the match for me by quite some distance. Like, that was your statement. I wanted to provide it exactly yeah. in your words. And, uh, you know, some people, no one vo- vocally agreed with any of those takes. <laughs> Anyone who spoke up said that those were horrible takes by me. But uh, we did get a few likes on the on the takes as well. So who knows where the balance lies? But the pushback is always fine. I'm fine. I love yeah. pushback because it's discussion, it's conversation, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people first took issue with me saying enjoyable midweek watch. Well, and I thought, and I I, I interrogated that a little bit. And yeah, I, I agree. Like it's not fun to watch our team get run around. It's not fun to watch our midfield get run over all night. So I understand why that was not enjoyable and why that could be excruciating for some people. But it was action. It was soccer. It was MLS soccer. There was some weird stuff that happened that I liked. Uh, just as a neutral fan, if I if I put myself in that mindset for a moment, and we got a point. Yeah. And I and it was the first time all season that I sat and watched a match at home. Like every like usually we're doing watch parties here at EPR for road. We're at the stadium for the home. The one time that there was not a watch party previously, I went down to Replay Brewing and hung out with Southbound and Crown, which was awesome. This was the first time all season that I was like, get off work at seven, jet home for the midweek match on Apple TV Plus, and, and just take it in that way and enjoy it on the couch for the first time all year. So that change of pace was kind of enjoyable to me. You know, not that I would want my, I love match days at home. I love watch parties here. I like that to be my routine, but a change from the routine is always good. Of right? course. So, all in all, I just enjoyed my experience Wednesday night. I hated the fact that we didn't win, but you had an inter- interruption to the rhythm of your season. 
<laughs> exactly. At a, a waypoint, if you will, yes, on yes. the journey. Yeah. And so there's so there's that. So that's my explanation. Again, these are all just my. There's. I'm never given excuses. I, I'm never given justifications. I'm giving reasons. Ex I'm explaining my thinking. Yeah, I, so for the so, record, yeah. let it show. Enjoy the match as well. There you go. I, Some people didn't. I, I felt like it was a very nice, easy watch on a Wednesday evening. The one thing that I didn't like about the match is those empty seats, man. Just the atmosphere, the vibe to start yeah. the match. And, you know, poor Lloyd Sam has to sit there in the place where he became such a good player in MLS and see how dead and how yeah. boring and how ugly and how tough it was to watch. A game when it was 2-0 the reason why Charlotte FC fell asleep because shit that was some of the boring shit most boring shit you've ever seen yeah and yeah. the crowd was just not there it took a goal and that's when the goal happened Danny. Right. And that goal happened you know the 10,000 people that were there yeah like you could uh, kind of see them go oh, okay now we're here for the last yeah. 30 minutes yeah and and, it and they, they started the match at the 57th minute yes for sure. yeah. and the team kind of felt that energy mm -hmm. And Charlotte FC, I don't think, was ready to like, counter that. They were like, wait a minute. We just kind of like, there was no buzz here. There was no energy. We scored right. two goals. Y'all suck. And then it was like, ah, fuck. And that's what I'm talking about with the next part of my tweet, which is the second half adjustments that Laddie, quote unquote, made or didn't make. Yeah. And it was like, so Red Bulls comes out and makes two subs, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a statement of intent. That's a, that is a clear sign, hey, we are subbing two players out at halftime. We are changing everything about what we're doing. And so Charlotte FC cannot sit back then and think, well, if we keep doing what we had been doing against the previous thing, it's going to be just as effective against this new tactic. No, that doesn't, that's just logically no, it's never no, going to work. No, it doesn't work. So the, the lack of an adjustment to sort of say, okay, New York is going to change what they're doing. We need to make the appropriate changes. And a change is not always a sub. A change can just be a, a tactical mindset. A change can be a shift in a formation. A change, a, a, a change can be m tweaking positioning of guys on the field within the same formation. Like, it's like you have to adjust. And we had no adjustments. We came out and well, thought I, the same program was going to work in the second half. I will work. absolutely um, put it this way, Danny, is that Latanzio was so far behind this new coach. Interim coach for New York. Interim coach yeah. for, for New York. Um, who, by the way, I thought was acting like a total fucking ass. Yeah, and, and it, did you see yeah. that when he was acting that way? And then he he was telling the fourth official to like, get away from me, get yeah, out of my coaching. Box. Like, yeah. and I was just like, dude, like, chill the, out. Like for bro. a coach to get a yellow, for for the main referee to stop play and walk over to the sideline and give a yellow is that that's yeah. Is and that, then and then yeah. his reaction, I was like, man, dude, right. chill out. That's a guy but who then knows, I, that's a guy who knows he's not getting the full time job. By the way. But then again, I thought about it and I said, you know what? If I'm supporting a team and I'm at home and my coach is going crazy in the in the area and is so passionate about the match, I'm like, ooh, I kind of like that. Yeah. So it was like kind of uh, it was on both sides at that. Well, point. you hate him if it's not on your team and you love yeah, him. Yeah, it's on your yeah, team. That's, yeah, that's, that's like, yeah. It was a, uh, it was a fan moment, a supporter moment. Level up, Luke made a baseball analogy when we were talking last night post game that uh, it was like a Bobby Cox moment. You go out there and get ejected to fire up your team to go rally and try to yeah. win the game. Yeah, that's a good call. He didn't Very. get ejected, but he got a, a yellow card for a coach. Is pretty rare. Yeah, it is. It's, no, not, no, it's no. not unheard of, but it's kind of rare. Um, so anyway, my point was is that it wasn't even Christian Latanzio who made the move to get Charlotte FC new players on the pitch. It was Guzman Carujo. Right. It was right. Guzman Carujo. Right. Guzman made the first sub. And the injury. Yeah. Yeah. And the injury like in the 66, yeah. 66th minute. Which I said, you don't need to make a sub to make an adjustment at the same time. And I do agree that making halftime subs up 2-0 is going to be kind of weird. I would... I've criticized coaches for that in the past. Mark Mikel Arteta used to do that actually for Arsenal back in the day, which is really weird. But uh, Josh Wolf has done that too for Austin, which is really weird. Um, but uh, in this case, with Carujo's coming back from injury, it almost would have made sense in hindsight to sub Carujo off at half. If he was only going to be able to go 60 anyway, and you see the opponent make two halftime subs, why don't you make a sub again also? And just get some different defensive look in there, just to confuse them a little bit. Yeah, so even that, the, okay. Just because Guzman was not Guzman was gassed. Hear me out. He was gassed and he was knocked and he was mentally hurt. He was playing hurt mentally, where he was like trying to avoid further injury. Do you know how you avoid the awkwardness of the halftime sub? You you do what you said. You come out and you see the changes and you go, okay, these guys got five minutes. Right. Yeah, five minutes instead of twenty. Yeah. Yes, exactly. and, and yeah. you make sure at halftime mm -hmm. that the players that you would potentially want to put on the pitch are out early, warming mm -hmm. up, knowing 
right. that they're coming in in five minutes if the other team makes a change. Right. It's that type of thinking that allows a manager like Christian Latanzio to be ahead of the game, and I'm just not sure that type of thinking is happening. It's not, and again, that's where I go where I, let's hope he gets better. Again, going back to the tweet, this is what, like step by step through this tweet. Yeah, like, that's the uh, segment. You know, uh, uh, we've always said he's a good player coach. He's a really good training coach. He's getting these guys to improve in the off days. His issues have always been in game, and this was another example where he's behind the, he's just behind, he's, like, what, what would we say for a player? He's behind the pace, the pace of, play. of the play. And Latanzio's <laughs> just always a little bit behind the pace when it comes to managing a game in-game for the 90 minutes. He, he I, you know, he's he's not a young man. Uh, he still, you know, you, you can teach an old dog new tricks. I do believe <laughs> I'm not a young man either, by the way. And, uh, you know, he can he can still improve. I, I think he can get better, but he need, it needs to happen because, like, it would be an absolute disgrace to not finish top nine for this team. It would be an absolute disgrace with the investment to not be in the top nine of the season. It would be it would be an absolute disgrace for Charlotte FC to not be in the top nine of the Eastern Conference of the season. What did you think to see Guzman Carujo in that starting lineup? For me, Loved it. Uh, it was a pivot point for Charlotte FC mm-hmm. as kind of like what the the main unit, the undroppable 11 looks like yeah. with Enzo Capetti playing the tip of the spear position, striker in the box, and Guzman Carujo uh, protecting your back line. I think that is what you need in a club, and I think uh, his return last night signified that. It didn't mean that we were going to get that kind of performance last night from Guzman Carujo. I thought he was rusty. Yeah. And you that was before you run. That was something you know, that was a necessary performance. Right, exactly. Right. So it just goes to show that sometimes when you get those crown legacy minutes, they don't really translate. Right. George Marsh started for Crown Legacy last weekend, then wasn't even on the bench against Red Bulls. So there yeah. you go. But I saw, oh, just as a quick aside, um, I saw a few people that we know talking about George Marks getting back in the net for Marks for um, Christian Could, Kalina. Couldn't, couldn't even keep a clean sheet for Crown Legacy on Sunday. But I've got a, uh, a <laughs> I'm going to take that and I'm going to raise you some, right? Is Austin Pack the best keeper in the city of Charlotte? Austin Pack is easily the best keeper in the city of Charlotte. It's not even it's not even a competition. I mean, it's, the competition is over. Like this guy has won USO Goalkeeper of the Week, like USO One Goalkeeper of the Week multiple times. I voted for him this past week. Voted for him for Keeper of the Month. Austin Pack makes some of the most insane saves I've ever seen when I go to Independence games. Yeah, like, and he's just constantly barking orders of the defense. Austin Pack is basically like. If you were doing create a player and you were like taking the best attributes of Marks, Kalina, and Cisniega and putting them into one player, that's Austin Pack, basically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for sure. I had uh, that thought today. I, yeah, saw, yeah, I saw him uh, win that yeah. war- award. Close, yeah. And I just thought his stati- about his statistics. I think he has a clean sheet, the most clean sheets, sheets in, or the second most clean yeah. sheets. And you can talk about levels and like, oh, USO one versus MLS, blah, blah. It Goalkeeping is goalkeeping. Like stopping shots is stopping shots. This guy's the best stop, shot stopper in the city. It's not even close, you know. And Kalina's pack, right there. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. <laughs> you know, like I came to win, not draw, in fucking New York. But and I, I, I throw that out that I throw that out there, Danny, uh, tongue in cheek a little bit, right? In that um, I do think that the reason why I want to see this this game happen is because I would be willing to say that Austin Pack could keep a clean sheet against Charlotte FC. That's yeah. right. So it's like unless his defense just completely let him down in the spot, I totally agree. He he would show, he would make a lot of saves if he faced a lot of shots. But then let's just take it all the way. Let's complete the whole thing into my whole take of clean as man of the match, which also got pushed back. Well, we, we were already there. Yeah. We we're already here. People were saying Bender is the man yeah. of the match. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Kalina because I felt like he kept us the point. In the last 30 minutes, he kept us the point. And he got the assist on the first Bender goal. Good point. On an insane, uh, insane like connection that those two made together. Like They made eye contact right before the, the goal kick and and then Bender made the run. Like it, Obviously, both deserve credit, but that's a great assist. Anytime a keeper gets an assist... It's a big deal. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's it's a cheers so, to that. So, I'll cheers you. Che- I'll cheers you anytime, dude. But uh, um, to get the assist on one of the goals, kind of just makes... Sh- that kind of ixnays out any case that Bender would have over him for a man of the match. And again, like 
even though, so again, talking to Jess about this, you know, a goalkeeper by trade uh, before her broadcasting career, she told me, like, it's so frustrating if you know goalkeeping to watch Kalina because he makes the saves that no one else can make, but then he makes the mistakes that are so basic sometimes. And, like, the second goal was definitely attributable to Kalina. That's why people might not give him want to give him man of the match is because he, he will regret giving up that second goal. The first goal was tough, was, was really tough for him to stop. The second goal was savable for sure. And uh, the first goal was all uh, on the back line. The second goal was really on Kalina. So I can see if you don't believe he's the man of the match. I thought some of his saves, I learned a new term also from Jess, which is starfish save. That's when you got your hand, your palm, like your your fingers all five wide. Yeah. Maybe you knew that already. I don't know. I've never heard that before. Me, either have I. A starfish save is like your hand spread. Yeah, it's cool. Wide makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The ball yeah. So yeah. Kalina made a nice starfish save that saved us. A also point, a nice punch honest, so. save too. Yeah. yeah Great exactly. punch save. Two huge saves in the last ten minutes. What, so. I think what you could argue is is that he showed his entire portfolio. Yeah. Right. Great right? call. Yeah. Like he. That's what you get from him. Yeah. His entire portfolio was on display. And it's not like a bad thing. I just, I just think that there was a few times he put Brant Bronico in a bad situation one time. Yeah, uh, with some passing out. Really of the back. bad, really bad. There's a moment, and and we a ton of people noticed this that I've talked to post game. Uh, DB's hot takes was was on fire about this, where Kalina passed it to Bronico and didn't yell like man on. He didn't even give him like a man on yell or anything like that. Uh, to the point where, and then Bronigo gets immediately ripped off him. And some people say, oh, you know, Brand needs to be checking his shoulders a little better there. But, like, when you're a goalkeeper passing it out to a guy with a man on, you need to let him know. I mean, it just, like, that's called team communication. That's not Brand's fault. I'm noticing now that uh, night has fallen out yeah. here on the patio. Yeah, we started at the golden hour, and now it's night. At EPR, which... Um, Makes me want to do uh, one thing, Danny. Go get another drink and answer TIFO questions. That's the plan. We're back after this. We're back, and we've got two fresh beers. Cheers to that. What you drinking, Johnny? I'm sticking with the Guinness. I'm sending you out to uh, the beautiful Emerald Isle with uh, one of the finest beers. You look at it, you look at the Guinness, and you say to yourself, Man, that looks like a stout. That looks like a really heavy beer. I promise you, you're going to be surprised. It's a crisp, easy-drinking beer. I, Like I said on the previous episode, I have not had a Guinness since high school. I'm going to drink my first Guinness in 20-some years on I, the Emerald Isle. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't it, know why. It's science. Yeah, yeah. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to go to the Guinness Museum, and yeah. you're going to learn the science of the I'm pour. Going to fact- it's a factory, right? Yes, it's it is. A, it's a Guinness factory. factory. They, yeah, 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 forget yeah. the... Yeah. There's, they're still yeah. brewing beer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't wait, and uh, I've been told by a friend of mine who lived for in Ireland for a few years, she said, uh, you're going to see shades of green you've never seen before. And I, I said, it's right. I said, well... You don't know how many psychedelics I've done in my life. I've seen Shades of Green you've never seen before, but... Hey, man. <laughs> Feelings mutual. What Such is life. What you're going to be able to do to in Dublin is just have a, a great time, and also you're heading down to the southwest. Right, yeah. Galway. Yeah. Uh, we're going castle hunting. We're going falconing. We're, my daughter's going to get to experience high tea at an Irish castle. That's really cool. So life is good. Beautiful. I, I, Rachel and I have done high tea at an Irish ca- castle. It's a, it's a beautiful experience to have. I got to have it with my wife. You get to have it with your daughter. Now. I, I might skip. I might just, I might head to the pub, let her do it with her cousins and grandma. But yeah. yeah. If you like tasty desserts, it's a good place to be. <laughs> you know I like a tasty <laughs> dessert. Come on. And now. you can even get some salty. Yeah. Food there too. It's like it'll they'll, it'll they'll take care of you. Either way, the uh, trip is going to be amazing. I can't wait. I will be repping my Charlotte gear. I'm taking the social currency of Charlotte FC. Shout out Joe the Blue uh, Global. I'm taking it cross Atlantic. I'm going to be the only shade of green that they're going to see is the mint green on my community kit that I'm wearing right now as we record this episode. And uh, I don't know if they're ready for me to be honest. Island. Uh, is not ready for Danny Grams. It's <laughs> fucking fact of the matter, dude. <laughs> and I'll be back for the next home game. I can't wait. So you're gonna get to the mat 
the yeah. match against Montreal. You're going to yeah. be back. And is there a away game? An away game while you're gone? I don't believe so. Yeah, I think so, we have a, yeah a week off. I believe. Double check me. I think it's League's Cup uh, creates a, a bye week and all this bullshit. So I don't know. yeah, it is. It is yeah. about to be League's Cup for a while. Actually, I, I can't wait. We don't need to get into it now, but the Nicoxa visit is going to be so great to see a League MX team come here to Charlotte. It's going to be a totally different experience, and I can't wait to do a preview and post. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it too. I, I really am. I think. Yeah. Last night watching MLS 360 on Apple Plus, I thought to myself, there's a lot of of Nations League. What the fuck uh, is this called? League's Cup. League's Cup. Yeah, See, yeah, that's a, Cup, yeah. this thing's new, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still getting used to it, yeah. Nations League, League's Cup, in my opinion, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> but, hey, we're going to build and create some tradition here. And right. uh, with this League's Cup, I agree. I think it's a way to uh, build the game and, and enjoy it with... Um, people that you've never had a chance to enjoy it with before. It's just really cool that we get to host a Liga MX team. I just think that'll be yes. different. that'll be cool. R- yeah. And r- rather than having a and you know how that Mexico happens, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. Danny. You know how that typically happens. Champions League. You make the Conquer yeah, Cup yeah, Champions yeah. League. You win the MLS Cup. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you win leagues, I think the top four. So finish, now, so I think the top four finishers in Leagues Cup make can't ch- Conquer Cup Champions League. So now, I mean, if you don't, if let me put it this way, Danny. If if you don't make. If you don't win MLS Cup, if you don't win Supporters Shield, yeah. you know, it's fine. You could just host, like, some shitty Liga MX team that is 17th on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah Nikos is bad, and they're going to lose their best defender uh, in the transfer window. I'm just, so, fine. Yeah, I'm just talking yeah. shit on one of our opponents. Um, yeah. they're, 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 they're down on the table. And to be fair, if if their fans look at, at the MLS table to see who, who they're going to end up playing in this uh, League's Cup, they probably think it's a beatable opponent as sure, well. Sure, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it goes uh, both ways. Not as excited, by the way, and when it comes to League's Cup, about the mid-July trip to Dallas, Texas, uh, to play in 100-degree heat uh, and probable thunderstorm. Uh, what I what I anticipate is our guys spend uh, several hours hanging out at 110-degree heat index, and the game is delayed three hours for thunderstorms, and then we kick off at 11 p.m. local. That's probably what's going to happen down when we go down to Dallas. There's still an outside chance I make it to that game. I might get down to Texas for that game. I got people there. It's looking less likely. We'll see how things look when I get back from Ireland. But what I really want is some TIFOs uh, yes. questions. You know, I, think, I think it's time to go rapid fire through what the TIFOs have to say. Because, A, it's starting to rain out here. We're under a nice umbrella here on the patio at EPR. Yep. And uh, as long as John's laptop stays dry, this segment is going to continue. Oh no, we're we're in good shape. So okay, let's cool. just let's just do rapid fire now, and we're going to start with Jorge Torres, who says, "Is the fact that we let our foot off the gas a player mentality thing, or a coach's thing?" Coach's thing. Coach's thing. Coach's thing for me. Laddie needs to be a better. Uh, the reason I'm not jumping on the fire. Laddie bandwagon is because it's not going to happen, and I just right. at this point I need to live in reality. If I thought that me saying fire Laddie would get him fired, I would say it, but it's not going to. So I just hope he gets better. Russell in North Carolina, he says, "What are the two biggest needs for the club in the summer transfer window?" And asking a second question because Danny Brams loves that. Do you love second two-part questions? Have you loved it the whole time that I've hated it? No, 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 no. This is a this is a situation where I'm getting the sarcastic loves it for your true hatred of it. I, I think that I think we've sort of been both disassociated here a little bit by Russell, but it's alright. And, and the second part is, uh, do you have any specific targets if you're Zoran? In the spirit of the show, we're only asking, answering the first question. Yeah, I don't have specific targets just because I'm not a scout. I leave it to Thomas and the boys for that, for sure. And also, a- anytime I've ever tried to predict a signing, They've completely. I would not have been able to predict any signing we have ever made. They all come out of left field. So what I will say is, the two biggest needs. Unfortunately, it's not sexy. You hate to spend uh, resources on this, but we need another center back because of uh, injuries and uh, the loss of Anton Walks, and we need a left back. We're actually, we actually are pretty good in depth in the attacking situation. Bridget McCall uh, tweets in: uh, We have conceded the most goals in the league and have one of the worst back lines. Uh, unfortunately good talk yeah that sounds great I'm glad that that's happening like those numbers what I mentioned earlier on the show like you know you look at the data and you sort of think like who are you mm-hmm. conceding the most goals in the league is again not good it's, it's hard to see that what you uh, sh- do we solely blame the defense or can this also be attributed to the fact our midfield struggles and or does the goalkeeper have any responsibility for bet those bad stats 
My goodness gracious. Which one do you want to pick out of that? Well, Bridget, what Brid Bridget is basically taking like the, the scenic route towards her real question here, if you will, which she wants us to say, should, she really is asking, should Marks be back starting over cleaning? Everybody that knows Bridget knows that uh, that's her real agenda here. If you listen to the Queen's Pitch podcast, you're well familiar. So Bridget, I would say this. Uh, it was a lovely scenic route, pretending that you were asking about the back line in the midfield. But we know you really want to see your boy okay. Georgie Marks starting in goal. I'm going to say this. Does the goalkeeper have any responsibility? Uh, uh, yes, but Kalina's the goalkeeper, and it is what it is. He's not. He's Kalina is going to be the goalkeeper for the season for the rest of the season, barring injury. Spurts guy tweets in. He says, "Assuming we are signing our field, Which we what did position still has to be addressed?" this window and why is it a left back it's a left back it's a left back and a center back it... michael volak he tweets in aside from bender's brace and a few key kalina saves the entire team looked out of sync out of sync he says as soon as new york red bull applied the press press was tough and when you play new york red bulls you have to know that you're going to get pressed okay you just have to know it is there such a thing as too much time off or our defense the ability to play out of the press just that bad like can't like which one is it it's not too much time off it's not rustiness what it is is this kind of actually goes back to the first part of Bridget's question previously which is our back line is is just not been able to have any consistency I bet if you go back if you made if someone made a graph uh, I need a graphic design passionate person out there to make this graph for me that shows like our back line game at each game just make a little little like database of like our four back line starters across the line each game by game by game, and I don't think we've had the same back four from one game to the next the entire season. I, I, I can't remember. Like It's like we're always changing at least one member of the back line each game for one reason or another, and there's just never any consistency, and it's just it's really weird. And, and, and God agrees with me, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to make a, uh, a football analogy here, All right. uh, only because I was in Chicago this week and I came off of uh, hours and hours straight of talking about NFL football. Having a patchwork back line is the same thing as having an offensive patch line. Yeah, in the NFL. exactly. Like you, it's a unit. Yeah, yeah. You can't like if your offensive line in the NFL is patchwork, like you're gonna be in trouble. And if your back line in soccer is patchwork, you're gonna be in trouble. Hopefully, Char someday Charlotte gets an NFL team. Ash Hamrick uh, tweets in, he says, what do you think the main reason is for us not being able to close out games that we should be winning? Coaching. Five and two project. Great to hear from Kevin. Uh, Got to see him at some point this season. I haven't seen him. Look down on the sidelines. Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen him. I haven't <laughs> talked to him. If the goal is eventually an, an MLS Cup uh, in the next few years, if you had the option, would you restart the CLTFC project from scratch or would you attempt to modify what's in place this is a really fun question but i have a easy answer for me uh stick with what we got i can't i can't give up on carol i love carol too much that's, and, and and to be honest i love on the field ben bender too much that's exactly what my answer is and the reason why i think it's easy is because right now i really really value not just in the Charlotte FC world, but like in any walk of life, is I, I am, I'm valuing time spent. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. like I'm, I'm valuing. 10,000 hours, baby. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm valuing exactly. the time spent, yeah. and I'm really valuing what has been built right. so far, and I want to take advantage of that rather than be like, okay, the time that just was spent, fuck it. Right, if we started from scratch, we'd be starting from scratch. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the final uh, question tonight is from Tug Speedman uh 69 i don't know tug speedman 46 Tuggy. He, he says is capetti doing what we need uh him to do it's a good question about capetti doesn't win duels doesn't win headers i disagree with both those things for what it's worth and bad passing accuracy etc okay you got a laundry list of uh negative shit about enzo capetti i see it mm -hmm. but he also says are we not setting him up for success with good service Danny, did you see that uh, assist last night? It was nice. I mean, it was, it was, he was like fighting off two guys that were trying to foul him. He, he held strong in the, in the lane. He held strong in the cut. Yeah, uh, it was he, exactly what and, you need. And he fed the ball out to an outlet that was able to turn it into a goal. It was a really nice play by Enzo, for sure. Both, like, 
if you if you if you if you hate Ben Bender because of the Pride jersey thing, just just think about the greatness of both those assists last night for sure. Uh, but because uh, uh, Kalina's assist was amazing and, and Enzo's assist was quite good. Um, to answer Tuggy, yes, uh, you do need to be better service for Enzo. When you say he's not winning headers, I think he he wins a ton of defensive headers. I say open your eyes to that. As 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 much as you don't want your your number nine striker to be your key defender on corners, this guy clears more balls into the box in defensive situations out than most of our center backs. Yeah. So I got to give him love for that. Um, to be honest, I really am really interested to see what the lineup is with Carroll back because you got jam, log jams at positions uh, in terms of. West uh, midfield, you got Westwood, Bender, Bronico, Jones, Carroll, five guys for three spots. Um, forwards, you got Miram, Jones, Miram, Josviak, Vargas, three guys for two spots on the wing, and then you got maybe Carroll striker, maybe Enzo striker, probably Enzo, but maybe Carroll. Who knows? Like, where do you put Carroll? Do you bench Bender for Carroll? Like, there's all these uh, decisions to be made. As far as the original question relating back to Enzo, though, it comes to the point where yes, he needs service, and yes. If there's a chance, I've, we've seen it already, Latanzio even did put Enzo on the wing one time. So who fucking knows what's going to happen with this squad. But we, we literally have like nine guys for six spots in terms of the attack who are all good, but how do they fit together? It's what our coach needs to get better at. He's Danny Brams. I'm John Hayes. I appreciate everybody listening to this show. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this on a Friday, hanging out. It's a summer weekend in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it's the best time of the year. It's a Saturday match day if you're listening to this on Saturday. And if you're listening to this after the match day on, on Saturday, um, you know, hopefully we get our predictions yeah. right because that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, 2-1 Charlotte win. It's going to be tough to keep a clean sheet against an explosive Montreal attack, but we, get the, the, we protect the fortress, we defend the keep, we get the win at home. I've got 2-2 draw. It's fair. A two-two draw, I can't, I can't but, but but I would prefer a two-one win. I I, I think that Charlotte FC is going to give up a goal here in this match. It's just a matter of whether they can get to two. I mean, Kalina always gives up one, <laughs> at least. You know. Like hey, have say. you turned him into Ederson the, at this the point? Kalina, Ederson always <laughs> concedes. Kalina sheets are tough to come by, but um, I don't know. We're sitting out here in the rain, Johnny. It's 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 a Thursday night in the rain, and it could be raining at at BOA on Saturday. There's a I believe there's a 90% chance of a thunderstorm on Saturday when I checked the weather report the other day. It didn't say what time that thunderstorm was going to hit, so who knows. I really hope the game starts on time. That's all I care about. Like, I will stand in the rain all night. Just I don't want lightning near the stadium that delays well, the game. Well, if like, there's lightning near the stadium delaying the game, you're going to be able to find us in one place. Hot fly. We're going to be at hot the fly. New spot, the new pregame spot. We're going to be there pregame. Love hanging out there. Awesome brewery. Great vibes. Um, and... Just uh, be careful how many uh, heavy beers you drink before the match because if you get into the pregame a little too early, right, you might end up in the second half uh, <laughs> wondering where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Just just hoping your Uber driver can find you. Uh, the uh, the uh, the the party last week started early. It started like two forty-five, right? Because we had a, a Champions League final. We're gonna start a little late, a little later this week. We're gonna get going around five p.m. at Hot Fly. For a 7:30 kickoff, yeah, I think that's yeah, a little that's, more responsible. That, that's that's our best. And hopefully, plan, yes. hopefully, you don't wind up uh, absolutely just <laughs> completely tanked by halftime, like both of us were last week. You did not see the second half from the stadium. I almost didn't. I was like, we were partying the supporters bar at halftime, and I was like looking around at all the friends that I was gathered with, and I was like, how am I going to tell all these people that I'm about to walk out of here and leave? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just like they swept me back in, and like the. Yeah. the the waves swept me back into the stadium, yes. and I was finding a seat. I was like, "All right, I'll stick around for the second half, see what happens." Then we score a goal real quick against Seattle, and like you couldn't escape yeah. the rhythm of the night. The rhythm of the night got me there, but uh, you know, hey, however you take in Charlotte FC is all right with me, baby. I mean, some not not everybody makes it to every game, but as long as you are listening to this podcast, you're great in my book. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We've been nominated for Best Club Podcast of the Year at WorldSoccerTalk.com. If you go there... Only MLS show in the in the contest, by the way. We're competing against Arsenal shows, Tottenham shows, Bayern Munich shows. 
Go vote for us if you haven't yet, please. Yeah, it was a, an honor. Link, link on the Twitter. An absolute honor to be nominated for that award. Yeah, for and sure. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Danny Kelly, Jack Pitt Brook, Charlie Eccleshare, and of course James Mall for the incredible work that they've done on The View for the, from the Lane. Yeah. And hearing them navigate how Tottenham, uh, how the campaign unfolds in an unbelievably dramatic way with an expert point of view and a, and a cheeky, fun sense of humor, I thought, you know what, you know, being a show like that, being a club show would be cool as fuck. And it was part of the inspiration why I wanted to do this show. And then just to be nominated with them, I went, wow, that's right. pretty fucking badass. There's and like, I just, for the record, want people to know, their show is a lot better than ours. <laughs> There's like a vote page where like your favorite soccer podcast and my favorite soccer podcast are up yes. the same against the one we do together. Because I'm a huge fan of Ian Stone and Handbrake Off. Yes. What he does for the, the yeah. Arsenal podcast uh, for them. So, like, yeah, dude, it's, it's insane. Like, And shout out to the team. I don't think any of the Premier League pods... Handbrake off, view from the lane. They don't know this contest is happening because their their view, their listeners have not gone yeah. to vote because like somehow we're in second place in this vote thanks to the TFOs, a hundred percent thanks to the TFOs and our friends and family who like mobilized the vote. We're like we're trailing in this this poll that goes for another week uh, to a Bayern Munich podcast uh, and then like light years. We're in second place among eight among state pods. Shout out to everyone who voted. God bless you. And uh, we might need. We're gonna make one more online push here in the last couple of days of the vote to see if we can maybe at first. But we'd be more than happy to have second on this one. I think yeah, it's an absolute honor, and it's an honor to be here uh, doing content for you, the Tifos. If you're hanging out at this point in the show, uh, you're one of the OGs. You're one of the people that hang out with us, and we appreciate that. Feels like you're here now at EPR. I wish you were, because I've got a beer. I could go for a new one. I want to hang out, have a great night. With Danny Brands, uh, we're here, and we've got to do a live show at some point this, uh, at APR. I have two things to say. Okay. One of them is this. La, 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 la. Scott Arfield. La, la, la. And the other one is for the cutting crown, crown baby. baby. <laughs>